Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Craig F. and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today's date is February the 19th. It's a Friday, uh, 2021. Um, Today's, we're reading from the big book and we're on page 38, the second paragraph that begins, You May Think. Today's readers are uh, Pam R., Adrian M. for the Steps and Traditions, Susan H., Marjo, Barbara E. for the text, uh, the share ID. Oh, I got ahead of myself. Um, okay, that's where I'm supposed to be. The reference numbers for the share ID for yesterday, uh, Thursday, uh, February 18th, 7 a.m. meeting is 16427. And for the 10 a.m. meeting was 16428. Um, Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We're self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, the OA Fifth Tradition states that each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I'm now going to ask Pam R. to read the 12 steps. Pam? Good morning. This is Pam R., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Texas, and these are the 12 steps. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, 
We tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me serve, Craig, and I pass. All right. Thank you. Next, we're um, going to ask Adrian, Adrian N. to read the 12 traditions. Adrian. Hi, this is Adrian N. in Florida. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on our unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group would never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise lest problems of money, property, or prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. 12, Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you, Adrian. Okay. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly directly linked to what was read We're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 38, the second paragraph that begins, you may think. Uh, And I'm now going to ask, Susan H. to begin the reading. Susan. Thank you, Craig. This is Susan H. And I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Ohio. Very grateful for today. 
You may think our illustration is too ridiculous, but is it? We who have been through the ringer have to admit if we substituted alcoholism for jaywalking, the illustration would fit us exactly. However intelligent we may have been in other respects, where alcohol has been involved, we have been strangely insane. It's strong language, but isn't it true? And what I have written above it is because I'm not as crazy as the rest, LOL. Um, yeah, I put down some notes about this this morning. And the the sentence, you may think our illustration is ridiculous, but is it? Is what really stood out to me because I did think that. The first time I read this, it, it didn't speak to me. Of course I didn't run out in front of traffic. I'm not that crazy, right? So I kept going to meetings. This was oh, around six years ago. I kept going to meetings and hearing my story and trying to catch or figure out recovery. And it didn't work for a year and a half. And I am grateful that that year and a half brought me to a point of desperation and desperation beat me to a state of reasonableness, made me teachable. Okay, I am also insane. I have run headlong into, into food, into binges, into habits, and insane behavior that has damaged me and all my relationships. For today, may I remain teachable and willing to admit I'm exactly in the right place and I am just as insane as the jaywalker and there is a solution for that. And as long as I practice it daily, it's for me. The point is that I have an inability to stop on my power, on my knowledge or my will and that must be smashed into my brain. I'm grateful to be right where I belong and sharing my journey with others who belong right here with me. I pass. Okay, thank you, Susan. All right, so now we're going to take, I'm going to take names for people that would like to share. Uh, we value everybody's share in uh, but if you've shared in the last two days that is Wednesday or Thursday uh, on the line we ask you to uh, to hold back and and make room for other people that might be a little um, that, that haven't shared in the last couple of days so uh, who with that being said who, who would like to share on this paragraph Am I being heard? Yep, Craig, we got it. All right, now I had, I, had a, I had a whole uh, bunch of noise there. I got a Karen yeah. Kay. Tina, you said? Yes. Tina uh, Barry Kay. Barbara E. Right. Loretta A. All right. Yvonne C. from Pennsylvania. 
Yvonne? Yes. All right, here's what I have. I have Karen K, Tina S, Larry K, Barbara E, Loretta, and Yvonne. I think it's Loretta S. Um, anybody else? That's six. Dara L. Dara L. Yes. All right. Pauline well, let's M. go with that group. Huh? Pauline M. Pauline? Sure. All right, that's eight. That's a good number. Let's let's go with that. Karen K, you're up. Good morning, and thank you for your service. My name is Karen K, recovered. I think we lost you. Hi, this is Karen K, recovered compulsive eater from Syracuse, New York, and my credits don't transfer. Yep, they don't even transfer in here. I actually did do some jaywalking in uh, downtown Syracuse, and I, I walked in front of a bus, and my head hit the side of the curb because I had to get my beef jerky at the Rite Aid. Yep, that's what I did. I actually did that, and um, and I was pretty smart. I was going to college then, you know. I thought I was, you know, pretty smart of the world, and and my job and all this other stuff and um that actually did happen to me and and anything can never be too ridiculous with this disease um i i say this all the time and i say it for myself to remind myself this disease will prefer to have me dead but it'll be settled for me being miserable and i want joy in my life today and I need to take every word in this big book to teach me, to show me, to change, to be abstinent. And, and abstinence is about sobriety. Obviously, this, this whole chapter is more about relapse and all the different ways um, it happens. And it, it to me, it, it didn't seem to be too strong because it actually happened to me uh, in a literal sense. Um, and... Um, I didn't substitute, you know, I, I did the actual thing. I, I did them both together. And, and the other substitutes that I would do is I would be dancing with my disease. Oh, I'll have um, sugar-free creamer instead of uh, the unfat creamer with my coffee. Then I find out um, creamer is my carrier with my coffee and this and that. And, and it's just crazy. It's just crazy making. And I don't want that in my life today. And I'm grateful to have a good sponsor. I'm grateful to be honest. And you guys, A Vision for You saved my life. Yes, I was abstinent when I came on A Vision for You. But as I said before, the letters just popped off the page um, that one May morning when I joined um, this this, uh, meeting. It was was, uh, May 20th. With that, I'll pass. And thank you for your service. All right. Thank you, Karen. Next up, we're going to have Tina S. Tina? Thanks so much for your service, Craig. Tina S., Recovered Compulsive Eater, anorexic in Florida. 
What a great paragraph. Really small, but very impactful for myself. You know, and it talks about, you know, substituting alcoholism or, or food addiction, uh, compulsive eating, anorexia, whatever, for j- jaywalking. You know, it fits me for sure. You know, and, uh, you know, one of the things that I can really relate to about the insanity is this time it's going to be different. You know, this time when I go to the store and I get that dozen of donuts, I'm only going to eat one. You know, and so I bring it back to my office. I'll never forget this. You know, I hadn't eaten for a week because that's what I do is, you know, I binge and then I don't eat for a week. So this time it's going to be different. I go get that dozen of donuts. I bring it back to my office. You know, I have an office by myself and I eat the whole thing, you know, and God forbid I should do any work. You know, I was doing inventory at the time. I was like, and I had to go back to the store and get some more, you know, and so and so now I'm never going to do it again. You know, I'm never going to do it again. So I, I don't eat for another week. You know, and this time it's going to be different. I'm in my office. I think the thought comes to mind, I'm going to go get a cookie. Well, you know, I'm not getting one cookie. I'm getting a box, you know, and I'm not eating one. I'm eating the whole thing, you know, but this time it's going to be different. And it never was, you know, because I didn't understand what my problem was. I thought it was, you know, I thought it was that I couldn't think my way out of this thing. You know, how can I just do this? My problem was lack of power. You know, today in step two, it says, came to believe that a power greater than myself, because I always thought that I could do it, can restore me to sanity. You know, and that's what has happened. You know, once I take the rest of the steps that comes about, you know, because I, I become neutral, placed in a position of neutrality, you know, safe and protected in 10, you know, not two. And that's kind of where we are now. But, you know, I always thought this time it's going to be different. And it never was until I came here. And, you know, and I, I did what people suggested I do in which in with whom the problem had been solved. They took me through the steps. I had a spiritual awakening. Today, I don't have to eat that way, you know, and I'm just really grateful. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. All right. Thanks, Tina. Next, I think we have Larry Kay. Larry? Hey, Craig, good morning. Uh, Larry Kay, yeah. uh, recovered compulsive overeater from Chicago. I want to focus on the sentence, however intelligent we may have been in other respects, where alcohol has been involved, we've been strangely insane. You know, intellect is a, it, it's a God-given trait, and I've talked to a lot of intelligent people on this line. Um, if you're on this line, you're probably pretty intelligent. Um, and it, it's something, intellect is something that could be cultivated and used for good, and yet, oddly enough, it, it, it can also be a huge barrier to having a spiritual transformation. You know, I'm reminded that, that, that there, there's been seven American uh, Nobel laureates in literature, seven of them, and four of them were clearly alcoholic. Okay, I won't start naming them, but, um, you know, from Ernest Hemingway on, you know, there's been a, some pretty smart people that have, in his case, that died from alcoholism, took his own life. See, a spiritual awakening is not a goal to be achieved. Your intellect, can't, you can't wrap your, your brain around this and think your way through it. It's not going to bend to our will. And focus, even intense focus, does not produce uh, spiritual insight in and of itself, right? See, God enables us to harness wisdom through these steps, through a, through a revolutionary change. Something has to happen to our hearts. And trying to rise above the, the raw, kind of messy side of our humanness before we fully faced it and made peace with it, that's going to be utterly futile. I've seen that in my own life. And the steps don't so much solve your problems 
what the steps do is dissolve them, it seems to me, you know, through a kind of a sacred personal connection with your higher power. There's a dissolving process. There's no, no, no scorecard, no, no labels, no, no, no grace, you know, just through intellect. If you're striving to get an outcome, if I'm striving to get an outcome, and I say this with love and kindness, I'm probably doing it wrong. When I'm being mindful in my approach to the steps, I, I'm, I'm open to things, right? I don't, I don't run away or attach values uh, to, to, to getting a certain outcome. Intellect is, has no currency in, in, the, in these rooms. We, we use the brains. We use our brains as God gives them to God gave uh, those traits to us. But, but it, you know, to have a, a transformation, it's a lifelong process of, of uncovering authenticity, being vulnerable, imperfect, and being human. So there's a lot of paradoxes to this. My intellect won't do it, and I'm grateful that I have this, this process to work one day at a time, get connected with God. With that, I pass. Thanks. Okay, Larry, thank you. Next we have Barb E. Barb? Can you hear me, Greg? I can hear you. Good. It keeps going on and off. Well, after what we've been reading, by the way, this is Barbara E. in New Jersey. After what we've been reading, which might be retitled more about relapse, I wondered why so many people came to OA and immediately got abstinent, and then others come and have multiple relapses prior to recovery. And then there are others that didn't ever get abstinent at all and faded away into the woodwork. Well, for me, when I got to OA, I was finally desperate enough to throw in the white towel and say, help me, I'm suffering. And the fellowship amazingly reached out to me and said, welcome home, Barbara. You're in the right place. And I believed them. They came in all different sizes, but they all proclaimed that they were abstinent and living a much better life than before. And that's what I wanted because I wanted my family to be happy and know the barber that would not come home to them who had just stuck down a dozen donuts and immediately sat down for dinner and eat another meal with them. Or the mom whose new psychologist had me on a diet of white bananas every meal for one whole week and then a diet of white chicken for every meal one whole week and finally a diet of white gefilte fish, not good at any rate, for one whole week. You'd think I was insane to follow that plan and I was insane, but I was helpless so when I got to OA I was desperate. The rope around my neck was getting tighter and tighter. I felt in my bones this compulsion would kill me emotionally, spiritually, and physically. I was finally desperate enough to throw in the towel and say, help me, I'm suffering. And the fellowship did reach out to me and said, welcome home, you're in the right place. And I believed them. And this program saved my life for 24 years, but the question still lingered. Why could some of us get abstinent immediately and others not? Well, someone at a meeting said the fruit wasn't ripe enough yet. 
They weren't desperate enough. They were still looking for that short period of euphoria that compulsion afforded them. Well, for me, the rope was indeed too tight, and I was strangling, and my fruit was ripe. In fact, it was overripe. So I was finally desperate enough to throw down the towel and say, help me, I'm dying. And they did. And this program can save anyone who's willing to do the work. And that's what it is. It's simple but not easy. And I have to work every day even harder today than I did yesterday and tomorrow because Yesterday is history, tomorrow a mystery, and today is a gift. And this morning's a gift, and I thank Craig and all of you. I pass. All right, Barb, thanks. Next up we have Loretta S. Loretta? Good morning, Craig. This is Loretta H. from Raleigh, North Carolina. That's okay. And thank you, everyone, again, for saving my life today and my God, of course. And um, I love this paragraph, and I also can identify in. You may think, and then it says, but isn't it true? My thinking is what got me to where I was at the end of um, 2001. And um, I have had lots of instances with food. Even though my body didn't look like I used food, I did. And I used it probably to extremes that people, because I didn't want it to show. I got in two car accidents and I also got attacked at three o'clock in the morning for running off um, three containers of something. And with God's grace today and with this program, I can differentiate the true from the false. That's that's my problem. That's, you know, it's my thinking. Today I have 10, 11, and 12 to practice to alleviate my thinking. My thinking has to be turned over to God in step three. It has to be. And then I must come to the school of the 12 steps and work those 12 steps. I, every morning, you guys are my uh, classmates and also my teachers. And I'm so grateful because yesterday somebody sent me, yay, classes in session after the meeting. And I love it because it, this is a classroom. This is where I learn how to not have my thinking, which is so insane, be transferred to God's thinking and to somebody else who's been there, done that, or I have the steps to solve an issue that I'm going through. Because I get effects from a lot of things. I just did a four-step on a new effect that I had on something that should have, um, I promised that would be eliminated, and it wasn't. It wasn't food, but it's, I can get affected and get highs off of so many things. And especially being that I am anorexic, I can use that too. And with God's grace today, I have the 12 steps. I have you. I have my God who protects me if I turn my will and my life over to him who is 
my total, total guide. And then I get to listen to how to do this from you guys. And so I'm so grateful for this program and having the 12 steps, living in 10, 11, and 12, and realizing today I can see the truth from the false if I do the work. And with that, I pass. Okay, thank you very much, Loretta. Next we have Yvonne C. Yvonne? Yvonne, C. Did we lose I'm, you, I'm Yvonne? Sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, this is Yvonne. T is in Tom from Pennsylvania. Oh. I've been listening to this line for over uh, two years, and I am just filled with gratitude for everyone who puts this together because it is just so wonderful. Um, I can identify with the insanity. I remember um, just I, I gained so much weight again, and I was at a point where I had to buy larger size clothes again. I hated the number on the scale, and the only way I knew how to deal with my frustration is to stuff more food in my face. And I sat there doing it, knowing it was completely insane, but that's the only thing I knew how to do. And there, there is just so many things I did with food that were completely insane. There were, there were so many times I thought, well, this time I can eat just one. I can eat just one cookie this time. And it was always followed by another and another and another and um, a humongous portion. And, but every time I think this time is going to be different. This time I'm going to keep it off. This time I'm only going to eat what I'm supposed to. I had all these rules that I thought every time this time was going to be different. And, of course, I did what I always did. And two years ago, I uh, worked the steps and started listening to this line. And by the grace of God um, and this program, I have um, over two years of abstinence. And um, my life is beyond my wildest dreams. I, I, it, it just constantly amazes me when I look at what a disaster my whole life was and the, all the changes I made in the last two years. And um, I, I just feel with gratitude with this program. Thank you so much for letting me share. And I pass. Okay, thank you, Yvonne. Next we'll have Dara L. and then Pauline M. Dara? Yes, thank you so much. Um, can you hear me? Yes. Great. Um, I'm Dara L. I am a compulsive overeater in Philadelphia. And um, I love this paragraph. I don't, you know, I don't actually think in, in, um, that this illustration is too ridiculous. I never have. And um, I'm grateful that, you know, as a result of, of acting out in my disease, I've been institutionalized 16 times. I was briefly in jail um, for stealing that it was related to the eating disorder, I had $200 and, and I decided, you know, I could either buy binge food or buy my, my uh, mom a birthday present. And so I'm just going to steal the, the birthday present and then, you know, uh, spend the money on the binge food. And I got arrested because I got caught. Um, so just, you know, so many things, almost lost my colon, had seizures as a result of this disease. And still none of it, you know, none of it um, made a dent. None of it changed that peculiar mental twist. And, um, 
I really love, and another speaker mentioned that, you know, however intelligent we may have been in other respects where alcohol has been involved, we have been strangely insane. I kept thinking my brain, I could apply my brain power to this problem because, you know, I'd been successful in other areas of my life with using my intellect in order to come, you know, to arrive at a solution. And the problem there is that my brain is where the problem lies. You know, that's where the peculiar mental twist is contained. And um, I'm a person who has had long, long stretches of recovery only to relapse because it, you know, because the problem exists in my mind and um, recovery thankfully doesn't, you know, it exists in my heart and it's deeply experiential and, you know, I, I like, I don't know why God loves me. You know, I have no idea why. And thankfully, I don't need to know, right? Like, I just need to be willing to turn my, my will and my life over to the care of someone who loves me when I've got part of my brain that hates me and wants me dead and will do, you know, anything it can to destroy me. And so, you know, I just, I love that this program is beyond the scope of my understanding because anything that I do understand, I really, you know, I, I, like, I'm like a bomb that just detonates things and picks things apart and recovery is so experiential and it's such a gift. And um, so I'm really, really grateful to be here. And, um, you know, and just the last thing I'll say is I, I really have never, you know, I've always kind of focused on the external consequences and wondered, why the hell can't I get this? I've had this happen. I've had this happen. I've had this happen. Like, what is, you know, what is wrong with me? And I think it's only in recognizing, like, yeah, it, you know, it's not about that. It's about what the food is doing for you. And if, if I don't find something else that's going to do that and more, it's going to call to me and I'm going to be powerless to resist that call. So really grateful to be on the, on the meeting and I'll pass. Okay, thank you, Dara. Next we have uh, Pauline, and then we're going to take some new names for a second list. Uh, Pauline M. Hey, Craig. This is Colleen M. from Maryland. Thank you for your service <laughs> and leading the meeting. Thank you. <laughs> um, I, I'm a grateful uh, recovered compulsive overeater. Uh, thanks to you guys today. I'm, I have a new life, and it's it's amazing, but this, I love the story of the jaywalker. I was another one of those who just could not relate to the story for a long time, and I love it because it helps remind me just how insane I was around my food and my thoughts about my food and how I could handle and manage pretty much every part of my life. Um, I have uh, really struggled with the second and third step, finding a higher power that I could believe and trust in. And um, I have worked really hard this year at uh, getting, doing the work of trying to find and get connected to the higher power. And I've just been growing by leaps and bounds, which is just tremendous. And I'm so grateful. And I uh, really look forward to continuing to, to look within and get closer, uh, dropping all the walls that I've had put up between me and that power, that is the only thing that can change my reality. And like everyone else has said, you know, it's my thinking that wants to destroy me and the lies that I tell myself and believe, even though I've had multiple, multiple episodes over the years that have told me what is, what is true, I still, I still can get up there and deny it 
and go back to all my old ways of thinking. So I, I need to be here every day. I just wanted to kind of play my feet and, and speak out loud and let you know I'm still here and I'm not alone and I'm glad to be part of this group. You guys all have a wonderful day. Thanks for letting me share. Thanks, Colleen. Uh, sorry about missing your name up. Um, all right, so now we're ready to take a new list of names. Again, if you've shared in the last couple of days, we ask you to hold back and let other people have a chance. So who would like to share on this paragraph on page 38, the second paragraph? Uh, I got Slomi Hana, I think. Yep. Russ M. KP. Russ. Trisha. Trisha. Trisha with a P, like Tom. Trisha, okay. All right. Jill F. Jill F. Phil M. I'm sorry, I didn't get that first name. Phil M. Oh, do? Phil, short for Philomena. Phil. Oh, Phil M. Is that what he said? It is, Craig, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, listen, Craig, I'm sorry. I I might have shared on Wednesday. No, just drop me, Craig. Sorry, in case I'm wrong. I'm sorry. Just give me your name. I'm sorry. What was it? Just, just drop Phil M. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. Surrey C. Surrey C. Were you saying drop Phil M. or? Yeah. Dropper. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Here's what I have: I have Slomi, Hama, Russ, Trish, Trissa, uh, Jill. And Surrey C. Did I miss anybody? Sue B. Sue B. All right, well, let's go with that. What? Let's go with that lineup and see if we have enough time. Uh, Slomihana B, who you want to take off? Thank you so much, Craig. Thank you for your service. Love hearing your voice, and I hope you're not frozen down there in Oklahoma. Um, this is Shlomi Hanabi in Philadelphia, where we're frozen up here. Um, I really have appreciated the shares so much these last few days. And I have to say that the story of the Jaywalker, also, I'm one of those that it just never really resonated with. And I... To be quite honest, I still have trouble resonating with the story, but this paragraph that we read this morning is a paragraph that pulls it all together for me. Um, Because when I substitute the word food for jaywalking, it does make sense. Just the complete and total insanity of again and again and again, you know, of you know, suffering and, you know, binging and getting into my behaviors 
and the remorse and wanting to stop and saying, oh, it's going to be different this time, or, oh, you know, you can go ahead and binge this time and you'll just get right back on it tomorrow. That, that was the lie that always came into my head was, okay, you're going to go ahead and binge, that's fine, but tomorrow you'll just get right back on and you're going to be all right. You can start over on day one, that's not a problem. <laughs> I mean, it's just so crazy. And what else is crazy is that um, sometimes I still have those thoughts. And um, I've been in recovery, thank you, God, for five months now. And I just celebrated five months yesterday, which I'm very grateful for. And, you know, I this past week I was getting into a lot of emotional stuff. And um, I realized, actually, that little by little, I had start putting down um, some of my spiritual practices. Didn't really start putting them down, but started getting sloppy. And you know what? I started having cravings. And I started having food thoughts. And I talked it over with my sponsor and some other people. And I realized that, wow, you know, all of this skimping on my spiritual practices, that really adds up. And for me, what that adds up to is craving and, cra- and crazy thoughts. I don't want to go back in the food. I mean, this, you know, my husband told me the other day when I made an amend to him that this time he really believes the amend is going to be different because he sees the difference in me. Thank God. And I'm so grateful for that. I don't want to throw that away. But this disease, the complete and total insanity, wants me to throw everything away. And if that's not insane, I don't know what is. So I'm grateful to be reading about this, to be hearing the shares, and to be able to just express, you know, myself out loud, really talking to you, but talking to myself as well. And... um so grateful for this meeting. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Slomihan. And next we have Russ, and he'll be followed by Trisha and then Jill. Russ? Thanks, Craig. Appreciate it. Hey, Russ. How you doing, buddy? Russ Dems, recover, recover compulsive overeater outside of Philadelphia. So, you know, when I read this little part of the, uh, of the talk, I was like, it ain't ridiculous. You know, that however intelligent we may be in other respects, that, that you know, I, I was straight whacked when it came to food. And it was since I was about four or five years old. You know, my pop used to say, my dad used to say to me, man, you're a smart, smart guy. You know, you science and all, all the other street smart. You could deal with people. Well, man, you are doofless. You are doofless. You have no common sense when it comes to food. He saw me battle that much. I mean, you know, everybody did. Uh, and I had no control. And the thing is, I, I, I knew it. I couldn't put a term on it, you know. So <laughs> talk about obsession. You know, when I when I see this paragraph I, and, and this guy, the jaywalker, it's like, you know, that mental twist, that obsession. You know, the things I did to get my hit, you know, uh, I I stole, I run through people. (laughs) I mean, I took a trip to get, you know, it's stupid. It's so stupid. 
but these were normal to me. These, you know, it's, it wasn't ridiculous because it was like commonplace. It was a regular thing. And like Tina shared, you know, I got nothing done and I hurt a lot of people. And uh, so the Jay Walker, I see Russ M, uh, the, the, the method based that I have ahead, he couldn't do anything. So and I have no control over it. And only guy can straighten my rear end out. So y'all, y'all, y'all have a great day. Love you. Bye. All right. Thanks, Russ. Next we have Trisha, followed by Jill. Trisha? Good morning, Chris. Thank you for your service. This is Trisha C., recovered in New Hampshire. Um, definitely not cured. So, insanity, you know, strangely insane. That is exactly what I am. Um, with regards to food, you know, here's, here's the part that's not insane about the food. What's not insane is that it does something to me and for me that it does for others. Like, that's the phenomenon of craving. That's my body. That's not insane. It's just is. It's like an allergy to peanuts. That's not insane. That's not crazy. But what is crazy is I don't really see what it does to me. And the food drives me so much to food that I eat and I eat and I eat and that's miserable. And that's how it was. Do I want to go back? And and what do I do to ease that misery? I eat. Okay, that is what a sane person does not do. Like, am I accepting the level of insanity that this is? Like, truly. Do I get it that my mind has no power at all to combat the food? Do I get that? Like, my mind is sick. I'm insane. And if I'm insane, I can't combat the food with my brain. But what do I do? What did I do over and over? Figure it out. Try harder. Work harder. Think more. Make a new plan. Find a new diet. You know, it's like having a broken foot. Run on it. Run on it. Run harder. Run faster. Does that make any sense? My brain has no power, so it's insane to figure it out, to try to figure it out. So if my brain has no power, I need power to restore me to sanity. And have I accepted that I'm insane? And if only a power, that means like a higher power, a power higher than my mind. Do I get that? A a power higher than human. Human power doesn't work. I need superhuman power, strength, and direction to restore me to sanity. And a real quick example is my sweet daughter, when she was three, she got type 1 diabetes, which is that her body got a virus and got confused and killed her pancreas while it was killing the virus. So her pancreas is dead. She needs insulin. It's not insane that she needs insulin. What's insane is if she thought about it every day now that she's 19, you know, oh, okay, Today, should I take insulin? Today, should I not take insulin? No, that would be insane. She takes the insulin the way I need to go to God and infuse myself with power every single day. If she thought, okay, pancreas, make insulin now, that's like me trying to tell my brain that I can figure it out today, and I can't because I'm insane. Thank you all for being here. Thank you so much for your service, and with that, I pass. All right. Thank you, Trisha. All right, next we have Jill, and then then I'll follow me by Surrey C. Jill? Hi, good morning. This is Jill S. from Massachusetts, and Craig, thank you for your service this morning. 
Um, you know, I've never shared on this paragraph before, and like others have talked about this morning, it took me a, a while to get it, and it took layers of going through it to get it. And, and I have to say, even when I substituted the word food for alcoholism, I didn't get it. And when it occurred to me that I was so scared to get it is when I finally started to get it. Because for me, in my mental twist, the whole idea of, wait a minute, if I give up the way I think, if I give up having the answers, who on earth will I be? I mean, that's all I've been. You know, you have to have the answer. You have to have the solution. You're either, you know, at least for me, in a family that if I had an answer, if I knew something, you know, why something occurred, then I mattered. I made that connection a reality. Don't even know that it was. Um, But even as I aged, you know, as you work, if you're a professional, you have the answers. If you have the answers, then you're recognized. If you're recognized, you matter. And so I lived in this place of thinking I was the only one that had to have solutions. And so why did I think that, you know, food would be any different than anything else in my life? And it destroyed a lot of my life, not just physically, but mentally, because I kept turning to food, I kept turning to answers, and neither of them were working because it was all driven by me. And so when I finally thought, wait a minute, what can I do? I can't do this anymore. I'm so freaking tired. I'm exhausted. I finally started to think there's got to be another way. But it's taken a long time of willingness to every day work it and work it in a way that is a concession that says there's got to be something out there. I don't know what it looks like or feels like all the time, but it seems that when I turn to it and I use it, it works. And so, you know, I am so grateful that every day we read a paragraph over and over again, year over year again, because it reminds me at any moment in time, whether it's in the food or something else, I am always ready to go back to the thinking as a solution, my thinking that doesn't work. And I can't, if I really want to have a life, I can't keep doing this. So I'm thrilled and so grateful over the past few years to have vision for you. Craig, thank you for your service and thank you for all the shares that help me keep remembering it's okay to surrender because I'll be free when I do. So have a great day and everyone stay safe. Thank you, Craig. All right. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Jill. Next we have Suri C. Suri? Hi, this is Suri C. Compulsive overeater, not recovered. Um, I am grateful for this line. (laughs) It's a stable thing because I am dramatic in nature, and as a dramatic person, I mean, jaywalking is so much fun. There's a thrill. There's a thrill to doing something self-destructive. And you almost have an audience, and you know when you're doing something that's so, um, even if you're alone, you feel the audience. You know, I, I, (laughs) I realized I watched so much television growing up that part of me really believes that I'm in my own show. I'm in the Surrey show. I have 
character. I mean, I'm the, clearly the main character, and I have a whole series of characters around me that are all there to make me look more interesting. <laughs> I'm the, I'm the Jennifer um, Aniston. I'm the, you know, um, the main character, and whatever picture you. But I, I even have music playing in the background. And how do I keep it interesting? By just not surrendering. Because surrendering is boring. And surrendering, and, and who do I surrender to? I mean, if I'm surrendering and I'm in, I'm in my own show, then what? God help me. The bottom line is that I, I have addictive behaviors and tendencies. I have an alcoholic brain that would think that just escaping is better than being here in my pain and in my emotions because, because those are real. And thank you for this line, for people in their honesty, sharing their emotions, because this is one of the most real hours of my day. Um, I pass. Thank you. Okay, Suri, thank you. Next we have Sue B, and I think Sue's going to take us out. Sue? Hello, this is Sue B. from British Columbia, Canada, compulsive overeater. And can I be heard? Yes, go ahead. Okay, thanks. Um, I just want to say thank you so much uh, for your service um, and the service of everybody who um, gets keeps these meetings running. Um, you know, I'm laying here. It's four o'clock in the morning. Um, I'm in Pacific, um, in the Pacific time zone. I'm laying here in a dark bedroom, um, listening to people talk about compulsive overeating. But no, no, I'm not. I'm listening to people talk about the fact that we can recover from this insanity. And uh, you know, um, I've been around, around Overeaters Anonymous for 20 years, and living and going in and out like like doing the, the the jaywalking type behavior with my with my binging with my food um and still going to meetings and uh you know desperately longing to know that I could recover but you know being given so many different solutions that went went so many different directions that weren't the right ones for me because I'm a food addict of the type described in the big book and Oh, man, you know, the first time I heard someone say, hi, I'm so-and-so, and and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, I swear I I burst into tears because then I knew it was possible that that there was a way to take this, the information, this book, which had been so precious to me for so many years, and apply it to this one area that I had just not been able to give up to my higher power. I'm so very glad to be recovered and I'm so very glad to be one of you and um, yeah that's all I need to say thanks for thanks for letting me share okay uh, thank you that was Sue B right so um, great thank you Sue I forgot to make my mark so I knew where I was all right thanks to everyone who shared 
please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for this meeting that's now concluding is 16,436. Uh, and that's for today, Friday, the February 19th, 2021. Um, we're now going to close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Uh, will uh, Marge O. Uh, uh, please read A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only through Keep You Until Then. March. Hi. Thank you, Craig. Yeah. Marjo from Massachusetts, recovered and eternally grateful. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.